Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. What's going to happen tonight? What's going to happen? We're going to whoop their You got Rommel yet? Sup, y'all? Welcome on into the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Wes Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio here on a Thursday afternoon. And as you can tell by the truncated version of this intro, we got a breaking news edition of the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. We've had a few of these this week. It's been a it's been a breaking newsy week, uh, you could say. We've had a bunch of these. This is a football recruiting one, so you probably know where we're going with this. We're going over to the uh, the home daycare center of one Ryan Callahan. And, Ryan, if you could be so kind as to tell the people while we're here. Well, Tennessee added another commitment to its 2022 recruiting class uh, Thursday morning, landing defensive end Vincent Sneed of Florida. Uh, and this this was not a, a big surprise as as commitments go. Uh, you know, we've obviously uh, kind of given fans the the heads up over the past several weeks that Tennessee was clearly in good shape with with Snead and had been the uh, the team to beat there. And he had uh, he had previously talked about though announcing his decision on May 19, the day of his team's spring game. Uh, that that had been his plan even up until uh, this week. And I think you know things just kind of uh, recently he decided to move things up a little bit and just go ahead and, and get it over with and, uh, and put that decision out there. And it gives Tennessee two commitments in a span of, of less than 24 hours uh, after uh, previously not having anyone in this 2022 class. So uh, it gets, it gets things kind of jump started after a couple quiet months for Josh Heupel and his staff. And now they, they've got two commitments for the 2022 class and, uh, and finally have something to, to, to kind of build around in this class uh, and something for fans to get excited about. Yeah, and if y'all were wondering what that sound was, that was me trying to uh, click on something and clicking on the wrong thing, uh, and instead going back to the uh, to the intro music. So, uh, really on my game today. Uh, really, <laughs> really, really on my game today. Uh, but that's okay. Having one of those days, we will work through it. The deets on Vincent Sneed, six foot four, two hundred and thirty one pounds from Winter Park, Florida. Winter Park High School, a place that I think Tennessee fans know a decent bit about uh, from the past. This kid rated number 591 overall, 39 strong side defensive end, 78th ranked prospect in Florida. Um, but I'll tell you, Ryan, um, you know, th- these rankings are often in the eye of the beholder. And this is a kid who uh, is from, you know, right down the road from where Josh Heupel and his staff used to used to be, right there, down there, outside of Orlando, Florida. And, and this is a kid who, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but this was a kid who Tennessee didn't just like, or Tennessee staff didn't just like when they were at UCF. 
also liked when they came to Tennessee and thought he could do this. And I believe Rodney Garner also uh, gave the gave the okay on this. Am I getting that right? Yeah, that's that's right. I think this is a guy Rodney Garner looked at and, and liked quite a bit. And that's uh, hey, if 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 he gives the the go ahead, that's usually a pretty good sign. He's got a good track record of of finding some some diamonds in the rough on the defensive line. And I, I think there's a lot of upside to to Vincent Sneed's game. Uh, you know, he. he he didn't put up just massive numbers this past year. He did transfer from uh, from Edgewater High School in Orlando over to uh, to Winter Park this past year, uh, going into his junior season, and and had a pretty good year: four sacks, three and a half tackles for loss, a couple fumble recoveries, a forced fumble, uh, fifty one total tackles. So I mean, solid production across the board. And, and I think uh, our guys, uh, some of our guys, anyway, saw him at uh, one of the Under Armour camps earlier this year, and and thought he looked looked pretty good there. So I, I think we've uh, we, we probably feel pretty good about where he's rated right now, but I, I think this is a guy that is going to get better because he's got a frame that still could f- continue to fill out. He's already a pretty big guy, has a chance to get even bigger, uh, talking with one of his assistant coaches uh, for a story that you can read on GoVols 24-7 right now. But he he mentioned that, uh, that Vincent Sneed has a grandfather who's somewhere around like six foot 11, somewhere close to seven feet, just a really big guy, uh, and that uh, – part of a big family where there's a lot of big people uh, among that family. So there's still the thought that maybe Vincent Sneed is not done growing. So this guy already six, four or so, and, and has the potential to get even bigger and, and obviously plays defensive end right now has played offensive line in the past uh, earlier in his high school career, just because he was one of the bigger guys on the team at his previous school, I think got some time on the offensive line. So he's got a big frame clearly and has a chance to continue getting bigger. But, you know, I, I think ideally projects as a defensive end, and uh, we'll, we'll see how much more of a, you know, sort of a pass rushing nose he can he can develop. But I think he's he's shown a, an ability to get to the quarterback. And uh, with that kind of frame, uh, the athleticism, everything sort of checks out. And he just looks like a solid player across the board. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll touch on this more in a minute, but, you know, defensive line is a big need for Tennessee in this class. And uh, you got to get started with, uh, with, with some – you know, usually the first guys in in the class are not the five stars. They're the guys that are going to be in the three or four star range. So it, you, you take guys like this to build around. And I think I think a, a guy like Vincent Sneed definitely gives you a nice foundational piece of this class. Someone who's been excited about Tennessee since he got that offer from this new staff back in February. And, you know, as you said, they knew him at, at UCF and liked him there. And, and Rodney Garner likes him. So there's a lot a lot to be excited about for Tennessee fans on this one. And not just the fact that he's a, a solid player, but he's been excited about Tennessee and pumped to be a Vol really since mid-February. So th- this has kind of been in the works for a while, and I think he's known for a long time that Tennessee is where he wanted to go. And I'll tell you what I like about guys like this that are in this kind of size range. You're talking about 6'4". We got him at 6'4", 231. Um, you know, I think the kid likes to say he's a little bit bigger than that. We'll see. Well, we're not sitting there on the scales with him. But recently, I know he was at a camp, and 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 that's that's the weight he was when he was at the camp. But regardless, let's say he's two thirty to two forty somewhere in that range. You know, if he gets to Tennessee, you know, a lot of these programs in Florida, they got they're really well run. You know, they they they've got good facilities. They're able to train a lot. They they know what they're doing in a lot of these places. So he's probably in a pretty decent situation now, but there's nothing quite like, um, you know, an SEC strength and conditioning program, you know, until you get to like the NFL level. I mean, there's, there's, it's just, it's really the science, the sports science, the way that you can build bodies to get what you want. If let's say he gets to campus and he's not quite twitchy enough to be exactly what they want off the edge. Well, he can just eat, have a whole bunch of protein shakes and maybe he can be a three tech. I mean, I, I like guys who are in this size because I like the versatility they have. 
I think there's a lot to be said for that. Yeah. And I, I think ideally this is probably not a guy that um, I think he's probably the strong side end uh, description is probably, sure. is probably a good sure. label for him right now, because I, I think his size now might scream to some people, maybe more weak side defensive end where you have more of a, a true pass rusher. Mm-hmm. I think this is the guy who's got the frame has the skill set that I think makes you think he's more likely to be the strong side type guy who's maybe not just a pure edge rusher, but just a good all-around defensive end. So I think that might be what he projects at best. You know, might might have the frame to be a 260, 265-pound defensive end, and that's that's about what you need in the SEC a lot of times. So I, I think that's a and, – and knowing that Tennessee is going to be running sort of, sort of more of a multiple front that's probably going to have a lot more four-man fronts in it under this staff, uh, I think a guy like this is a really good fit for that type of system. And uh, can, you can do some different things with him on the defensive line, but certainly four three defensive end uh, is where where a lot of people would probably project him based on where he is now. So yeah, like you said, still still got to get him on campus and see how he develops. But he's built a lot like Latrell Bumpus was coming out of high school, and and, and a guy like Bumpus can can you know if, if he can follow that career trajectory, uh, you'll have a pretty good player in a few years. So I, I think we'll see. Uh, obviously, time will tell what kind of player he really is, and, and Vincent Sneed that is, but. Uh, but I think Snead is a he's got a lot of the characteristics you want and to be a sort of a bigger body defensive end in, in time. And it'll just depend on how he develops. And, and as you can say, we'll, we'll talk about that needed defensive line here in a minute. But just quickly more on Vincent Snead before we talk about just sort of some other things in general. Um, this is a kid who and again, Ryan, you, you, you've dealt with him. I, I have not. But just reading what you've written and hearing some things, he seems like a really interesting kid. You know, it, it reminds me a little bit of someone like Josiah Jordan James when he came in in basketball, it's just, you know, you couldn't believe he was 18 years old um, because different people mature at different points in their life. And this kid just seems to have a, a, a true comfort in his own skin. He kind of knows who he is and what he's about, and he's not afraid to tell other guys if they're not doing something they're supposed to be doing, which at that age, you know, we've especially those of us who are guys, I can say this for sure, um, that's not always a quality that's there. Yeah, and I, I think there are a couple of interesting things about sort of his personality and background that that might make him think Tennessee is a good fit. I mean, first of all, he, he's been to the state a couple times. He's never been to Tennessee's campus, but he's obviously seen it in virtual tours and things like that. I think he just has this impression from his couple trips, uh, which were to Middle Tennessee, oddly enough, but just seeing the state and sort of what it looks like uh, in, in this state. I think he's got the sense that it's it's going to feel like home because he's got a lot of family that are from small towns, uh, he mentioned a lot of his family lived in places that didn't have any red lights and had some dirt roads and things like that. Uh, and he said, I know Tennessee's not going to be like that, but you know, a lot of open land and places to go fish and things like that. Uh, and, and you don't hear that too often when a kid makes a, <laughs> explains why he's making a college decision. But I, I think he has the sense that it's going to be a comfortable place for him. Uh, so there's something to be said for that, but that's, that's not always what a teenager is looking for. So uh, interesting thinking there. And then talking with his coach, uh, he's only been at his school for a year, but he said, hey, this is the guy that pushes his teammates, uh, that, that's trying to make sure the team is doing things right on the practice field. So he normally gets along with them pretty well, but there will occasionally be some rifts because he's he's always pushing guys to do things the right way. And you know, sometimes at the end of practice, guys are getting tired. They're not doing things right. They're ready to go home. He'll say, no, we need to do that again. And, and that kind of frustrates some guys who are not as eager to, to hang around and get it right. So uh, you you kind of like to hear that, I think, if you're a coach. So there's some interesting things there about his makeup that could make him a good leader in college. And and certainly he's he's becoming a leader on his high school team, too, for, 
for that same reason. So that, that that's an interesting makeup and definitely not the typical high school kid. And he's certainly a good talker uh, and, and good at explaining things and in interviews and things like that. So he, he's a very, very interesting personality to say the least. And, uh, and that's, that, that could add to Tennessee's locker room for sure. Yeah. I'll tell you, if he likes to go out there and hunting and fishing and stuff like that, one, he's coming to the right state Two, He's going to be really popular with the offensive linemen, which will be interesting because, yes. he, you know, he'll be out there in the Mays brothers and their duck blind, maybe that, that, that time of year we, we shall see. Um, but Ryan, we talked about this a little bit before we go to break here. We should mention it though. Uh, the need for Tennessee at defensive line is, is pretty clear because right now on the team, you know, you got some guys who have just kind of emerged and enrolled, and, and we'll see how they develop, and there's some, some potential there. But a lot of upperclassmen, a lot of seniors in this group, a lot of COVID seniors in this group, uh, those are big, strong guys, maybe not great players, but they're experienced players. Um, they're solid. They're not going to get beaten around too much. Um, they're just kind of a good, solid workman-like group um, with maybe some upside in guys like Middleton and, and things like that. But um, this is a clear need for this class because they will be replacing a lot there next season. Yeah, and this is really something that the the former staff had struggled to address, but they've been trying to load up on defensive linemen for a couple of years now and just haven't been able to because they've just lost some battles. It's obviously tough to get big-time defensive linemen a lot of times. Uh, they missed out on some uh, some big-time targets last year like Javari Ritzy and Tyrion Ingram-Dawkins that they went after for a long time. So when when you, you they've just continued to kick that can down the road and they were able to this past year only because, like you said, of the free year of eligibility – that allowed some of these seniors to stick around for another year. So uh, they've gotten by to this point, but it really is time for them to address that need with a pretty big defensive line class, at least to the extent that they can, because they have so many needs across the board, but defensive line is definitely one of them. And so I think when you're needing a handful, at least of defensive linemen in a class like this, uh, you, you gotta, you gotta be realistic about who you can get and, and you gotta take the guys that you like when you can get them. And so it, it makes a lot of sense to, to build this class around a guy like Vincent Snead early on and, uh, go ahead and get him in this class to, to get things started. So, well, you know, obviously Tennessee is still in on a, a bunch of other defensive linemen. You, you got to like Rodney Garner's chances of eventually getting some, some other guys he likes, uh, you know, Giovanni Davis in state and plenty of others still out there that Tennessee is, is in the mix for, but uh, Vincent Sneed, you know, he, he, it's, it's going to be tough to assess Tennessee's current situation and say for sure who they can get. So I think when you look at Vincent Sneed and what he can do on film and, and Tennessee's need there, it's a no-brainer to go ahead and take a guy like that and know that you're you're getting a solid player and that you need a lot more help with that position. So you've got to start getting some bodies there and piling them up pretty fast. I think that is a very good point. Guys, we got a lot more to talk about here in this breaking news edition of the Go Voss 24-7 podcast. But before we do that, we do have to step away for just a minute, pay some bills, uh, listen to some products and services and in-house ads and other fun things. And we'll be right back in just a second here on the Go Voss 24-7 podcast. Hashtag ad... Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to the Go Balls 24-7 podcast brought to you by whatever products, services, and in-house ads you just heard a moment ago during that commercial break. Wes Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio. Ryan Callahan coming to you from across town there uh, with his clown car full of children, home daycare center out there in a different part of town than the old North Knoxville where where we are located here at Fort Rucker Studio. Talking Tennessee recruiting, the Vols add Vincent Sneed, the second football commitment of the week. It's been a, a couple of big commitments for, for both Tennessee football and especially for Tennessee basketball this week. That Brendan Huntley-Hatfield news was, was huge. So there's a bunch of good stuff to discuss. Before we do that, though, I'm going to ask you quickly again, guys, take a minute out of your day. Please rate and review this podcast. Please hit the subscribe button on this podcast, whether you're on um, – no matter what, if you're listening, we, we're appreciative. We really do appreciate it. We, we love you all for doing that. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, but if you can hit that subscribe button, whether you're on Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, iHeart, TuneIn, Stitcher, anywhere in the world you can cast a fine pod, you can find the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. And if you could take just a minute out of your day to rate and review this podcast and hit the subscribe button, that helps us out a lot. That gets us right into uh, that sweet spot where we want to be uh, with some of those algorithms that help us go into discussing a lot of these things. So it's very, very, very helpful if y'all could do that. Also, please quickly go to GoVols247.com. Check out the site. If you like this podcast, you're going to love the website because there are so, so, so many things going on all the time in all Tennessee sports. Ryan, I wanted to, to quickly ask you um, j- just about a, a couple of things here, and, and I wanted to address this quickly, and I think we did in the first segment, but just really quickly again, the value of having a guy like Rodney Garner, his experience in this league, and his ability to identify defensive linemen he likes, how important is that, and is that something people need to understand? Yeah, I, I think that's a really big deal. At, you know, obviously Tennessee is, you know, until they get back to uh, to, to showing some success un, under this new staff uh, and have some results to sell, it's obviously going to be a, a bit of a challenge for them in recruiting. So, uh, Rodney Garner has a history of showing he can go out and find some guys. That, you know, uh, Keith Niebuhr from our Auburn site talked about it. They they went out and found some some sort of unheralded junior college guys at times and. And, and he found good players out there. So when, when Rodney Garner likes the defensive lineman, you know, 30 years of experience in the SEC, most of that, almost all of it on the defensive line, uh, all the guys he's put in the NFL over the years, obviously a lot of them were four and five stars. But when he likes a defensive lineman, I think you got to take that into consideration and say this guy's got a chance to be a good player. So uh, that, that's a big deal. That's, that's a, it was a selling point for Vincent Sneed. You know, he mentioned to me that obviously the chance to play for Rodney Garner was are at least part of the interest uh, in, in Tennessee for him. I, I think he liked Tennessee for a lot of reasons, but I think he's very interested in, in, in playing for a guy with that kind of resume, that kind of track record. So uh, obviously people know what kind of recruiter he has been over the years. I think that's going to help Tennessee, but uh, yeah, he's a good evaluator and talent developer too. And I, th- I think if he sees some upside in a guy on the defensive line, you, you sort of have to give him uh, the benefit of the doubt in a lot of cases, because he has a track record of finding some nice players who are not necessarily the highest rated out there. Ryan, moving on uh, to a couple of different news items. One, and we've talked about this a little bit throughout the week, uh, it's no secret that the Wade Twins are announcing on Friday the in-state prospects from Tennessee. 
that's been viewed for a little while as a Tennessee-Kentucky battle. Uh, depending on who you talk to on what day, it seemed like, you know, hey, they might be leaning UK. Hey, they might be leaning Tennessee. And, and we've, you know, the, the, when you talk about fluid situation, this has been one of those. What do you think now is going to happen when they announce on Friday? And do you think that will be the end of the road for their recruiting? Yeah, you, you never say never on stuff like that, but I, I definitely think it's one that, that Tennessee is going to have to play sort of the long game if they want to get them in their class. I, I, you know, there, there's been a lot of chatter out there the past couple of weeks about Kentucky maybe being the team to beat, and uh, I think they're you know from some people's perspective, uh, it, it was just a matter of how how much truth was there to that, and, and was it a uh, what was it a situation where they were leaning or still torn? I think people as they got a better sense of where things have stood figured out that the Kentucky talk was legitimate, that uh, I think Kentucky really is the team to beat going into that announcement Friday afternoon. Uh, they'll be announcing uh, at 5 Eastern on Friday during a ceremony at their school. And, uh, yeah, I, th- I think uh, at this point I'd say it would be a surprise if those guys don't pick Kentucky. So that's uh, it's a, little, a little bit of a loss for Tennessee in-state for sure to, to miss out on a couple guys that they've uh, recruited pretty hard over the past couple months. And, and Keaton Wade, obviously, in particular, a, a, a highly rated linebacker, defensive end type that it could be an edge rusher, could be more of a true linebacker, can do a lot of things there. Destin Wade has kind of been the X factor in that recruitment where I think his desire to play quarterback has kind of helped tilt things in Kentucky's favor and Tennessee's pitch to, to play quarterback. They, they made one, but I, I just I don't know if there's the belief deep down uh, that he's going to be the guy at quarterback in Tennessee's class, knowing that they're recruiting Taven Jackson and, and others obviously trying to get a a more of a true quarterback, at least in this class. But I don't think Tennessee will completely shut the door on that. Uh, so we'll, we'll see. But if those guys pick Kentucky on Friday, uh, as expected, I think it'll be one of those situations where we just have to kind of keep an eye on it later on in the year, see if anything develops there. But it certainly looks like right now those guys are probably Kentucky bound. Yeah, Ryan, I want to ask you a question really quickly here. And, and I don't want this at all to be offensive to, to, to the Kentucky program or, or to Kentucky people. In general, generally speaking, that's the land of my mother's people. I try to be kind there. But if you are playing quarterback at Kentucky, are you necessarily playing quarterback? Well, I, I will say this. that Kentucky just made some changes to its staff this offseason on offense, and there's been the thought that they're sort of getting away from or at least trying to get away from the, the days of, of the running quarterback and the run-heavy offense and, and knowing they need to kind of spread the field and throw it more successfully. So there, there's been some thought that they're getting away from that, but uh, at the same time, they'd put a lot of uh, put a lot of time and energy into recruiting Gavin Wimsett, an yes. in-state quarterback who committed to Rutgers recently. And with him off the table, uh, you know, there's a there's a clear path for Destin Wade to be the quarterback at least for now in, in Kentucky's class. So uh, not sure how big of a need that is for Kentucky in this class, and, and whether there's a real chance for him to be the quarterback of the future there. But you know, sometimes a, a class presents what it presents, and you have to take what's there. And so they, they might look for different types of quarterbacks in the future, uh, maybe in the 2023 class. We'll have to wait and see about that. But it does seem like they've at least got a desire to maybe get away from just having those sort of running quarterbacks. And that you, you wonder you know, how Destin Wade will fit into that in the long run because he has run a lot in high school, and that's a big part of his game. But definitely it's uh, – you know, Kentucky's not, not made a, a ton of uh, – not produced a ton of productive passers under – uh, under Mark Stoops, they've had some good quarterbacks that have done done a good job for their offense, but they're not necessarily big passers. So they, they're wanting to change that. But, yeah, that's that's one of the things about the Kentucky situation that I'm sure some other schools have tried to sell. Uh, but at the same time, 
if a kid wants to play quarterback, he wants to play quarterback. Yeah, I'm a proponent of two things. One, a kid playing wherever they want to play, and two, a kid playing whatever position they want to play. Uh, you only get a short time to play this game. And you know what? Even if you're a better prospect somewhere else uh, for the long run and you could be more productive at a bigger place doing something else, if there's a position you want to play, uh, go ahead and play it, man. And if there's a place you want to play, go ahead and play there. I think all these kids should have the right to go where they want to go, not where their parents want them to go, not where fans want them to go, but where they want to go. And if Kentucky's where these kids want to go then uh, and they end up doing that, then you know, congratulations to them. And Tennessee will have to move on to what's next, although I imagine Tennessee will continue trying to recruit those guys uh, this isn't like basketball where you commit and then it just kind of shuts down this is a this is football man they're going to keep coming after him if they want him uh ryan a couple last things here just, just generally speaking you know what's going on with recruiting now because it's been we've kind of wondered when some of these commitments were going to start falling for tennessee now they've started falling we've seen some dominoes fall you know where are things going now where are things generally speaking and what's coming up on the calendar yeah, the, this this could be sort of a, a quieter stretch. You know, we'll have to wait and see about that. Uh, we obviously knew that the uh, that there was a good chance uh, Vincent Snead was going to announce his decision by next month. So we thought that would happen before June. Uh, we knew the the Wade twins were announcing this month, uh, and and that obviously not not trending Tennessee's way. And, and then obviously the Elijah Herring once that uh, once he became a real possibility for Tennessee and things started to move there pretty quickly, uh, it became obvious he was going to make a spring decision. But beyond that, now that those have all uh, those dominoes have started to fall, it could be a little bit of, uh, before we see another commitment, just unless something surprisingly happens. And that's you can never rule that out in recruiting. But this is a stretch where the June one uh, start of uh, potentially the start of a, a new period for visits to, to reopen and resume uh, will, will really factor into what happens for a lot of players across the country. The NCAA voting. Uh, this week, uh, in fact, uh, as we speak, it might be being voted on or discussed whether to end the dead period on May 31st. They've extended it several times. It's, it's lasted more than a year now. There's been a lot of optimism lately that it was going to end. Now it looks like it's going to. It's been reported that it's going to be approved for visits to resume June 1st. So I think a lot of players might just kind of be in a holding pattern for a little while, waiting on that chance to take some visits in June. So if you're expecting this to maybe start a run of commitments, I would maybe not necessarily count on that because I think this might be a period of, of a, a kind of a waiting game for a lot of players across the country before what could be a pretty hectic and wild month of June for players across the country, for schools. We, we might see Tennessee and other schools go on pretty big runs of commitments. A lot of activity potentially could happen this summer uh, with those summer visits being huge for a lot of guys who've been waiting for that chance. Now it looks like they'll get it pretty soon. And you know they'll, they'll obviously try to get some guys on campus for the spring game next weekend too. But it's still a dead period, so those have to be just you know people who come to the game, don't interact with coaches, sit in the stands like any normal fan. But they'll get some guys there for that too. But the real fun, the real visits will start June first, looks like, and that's a, that's a big deal. But it might mean things are kind of quiet for a while now that Tennessee has a couple guys in this class. Anything else going on, Ryan? Anything that's that's imminent in terms of people, you know, who who may be coming off the board soon or anything like that, or are we kind of at a good place to to leave this right now? I think it's a, it's a good place to leave it. I think we'll have to wait and see uh, what happens. You never know in recruiting, but it looks like uh, this this gives Tennessee a good starting point you know, with a couple commitments, and we'll just have to wait and see uh, if anything unexpectedly happens. But uh, for now, it's a lot of planning for what's going to happen in June with a bunch of official visits already on the books for Tennessee. Camp's now starting to be planned. It's, it's going to be a wild month of June. Uh, in the meantime, I think everything's kind of going to be focused on planning for that month. I think that's a good place to leave it. Thanks, man. Thanks, Wes. 
And thank you all for listening. We really appreciate it. As always, you can find all of us on Twitter. I'm Wes Rucker 24-7 on Twitter. Ryan Callahan is Ryan Callahan 24-7 on Twitter. Patrick Brown is P. Brown 24-7 on Twitter. And Grant Ramey is Grant Ramey on Twitter. Uh, if you want Just Tennessee news, nothing else, get that at GoVols247.com. You can also go to Facebook at Facebook.com slash GoVols247 and get tons of stuff there around the clock. All kinds of stuff all day long. Of course, if you want that delicious East Tennessee mountain spring water just right from the tap, go get that at GoVols247.com. The best site on all of Al Gore's internets to get everything you want about Tennessee football, football recruiting, basketball, basketball recruiting, baseball. Those guys have a huge, huge series coming up this weekend. The number three Vols hosting number two Vandy for three games. We'll have all that covered as usual on GoVols247.com. Also, Lady Vols coverage with Maria Cornelius, who does an excellent job covering all things Lady Vols for us. Got a couple of forums that run around the clock there. It's called 24-7 for a reason. We got the checkerboard and the summit, both forums. Hey, as long as it's not political or religious in nature, guys, fire away. We're a game to talk about anything at any time except for those two things for rather obvious reasons. Um, and you can get all of that for less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month. Pretty, pretty darn good deal. Pretty darn good deal. And if you pay us full price for that, you get access as long as you're paying us full price, you get access to Paramount Plus, which used to be CBS All Access. Now it's Paramount Plus. All kinds of great stuff on there. Um, you got every show CBS has ever made commercial-free, exclusive shows like Picard and other things that are on there, uh, which are really good shows. Uh, new movies every single month. All kinds of great stuff there. Live sports with Tennessee sports. So obviously, a lot of UT sports. Got SEC sports uh, for a little while longer, so good stuff there. NFL, PGA Tour, uh, basketball, like the you know March Madness NCAA tournament, UEFA Champions League, UEFA Europa League, everything is on there, plus stuff from the catalogs of uh, Comedy Central, MTV, BET, Nickelodeon, and Smithsonian. So stuff for the whole family there. That's a $100 plus annual value that we will give you, no questions asked for free. No one else can give you that deal. We can. So go there and take advantage of it. If nothing else, guys, if there's no major, huge breaking news, you should hear from us again on Monday. It's been a newsy podcast week. So at this rate, never really know. I guess big news could break at any point going forward, but uh, it's been that kind of a week. But if nothing else, you will hear from us by Monday. So until then, wash your freaking hands, wear your freaking masks, get those freaking vaccines. Let's get through this thing together, guys. We are so close. Numbers are looking better. Uh, I'm proud of everyone, happy for everyone that's been doing this. Please get on this train. Let's do this. Let's get through this together, and let's have sports in full stadiums in the fall, and let's put this horrible, horrible, craptastic couple of years behind us. That should just about do it, guys. Uh, until then, be good. See you. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. 
We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 